Zach and I talk about all the time, mentality, success, being number one, wanting it for the right reasons. Why do new groups start? Why do groups want to get better? They want to be different. You're listening to the Teak Nation podcast with Donnie Aldrich, where we strive to educate, inspire, and entertain you with tips and lessons from frauders and friends of TKE. Thank you for joining us. Welcome into this episode of the Teak Nation podcast. We have brought back a couple of your favorites, as you'll recall from previous podcasts, including the number one downloaded podcast episode. I am not talking about you, Zach. I am talking about Nick Kimball talking about recruitment. Nick Kimball and Zach Scott have joined us again to jam out and talk about recruitment as we head into the spring season. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast once again. Donnie, great to be back. Uh, not a big deal that it's the number one listened to one out there. I'll give a shout out to all the fans. And Appreciate the humility. Yeah, 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 humble yeah. as always. And uh, thank you very much. It's good to be back. I uh, thank you for humbling me at the beginning and uh, continue to do great things. Take well, I just feel that it's going to grow greatness out of you as we we dive into this second podcast with you, Zach. And something that we have not done before is a podcast with multiple guests simultaneously talking, which. It'll be a challenge for all of us, but I think that it will be beneficial to the membership because we have two people who are passionate about recruitment, who are excited to talk about how we can continue to grow as we move into the spring semester. Where I want to start is if you can talk about, Zach, in your position with growth, can you tell any good stories now as we've started in the fall semester during this taping of success stories that you've seen in growth? Yes, I think two that stick out to me, Long Beach, that's the... Delta Theta chapter out in California, and then SLU in St. Louis, Epsilon Alpha chapter. Those two chapters have exemplified what it means to be a growth group this year. Both were around the three or four man mark at the beginning of the school year. Both sent members to Conclave, and over the entirety of the semester, every couple of weeks, they've continued to add more members to, to their organization. SLU just added in another couple as we're recording this in November going into our, our latest reports, and so now have eight members that they've added in just this fall. And continue to, to surprise, I think, a lot of us. We knew that they had the capability to grow, but it's awesome to see how they're steamrolling this into their spring recruitment. So no doubt we'll see some, some more growth coming out of those guys. And then the Long Beach area continue to focus on quick turnarounds of their initiation of members as they bring them in. And I think that's one of the really exciting things. We're about to be going out to California for our AFA annual meeting and working closely with the alumni there and the chapter members there to train their new members up on growth and recruitment strategies as we approach the spring. If you thought that recruitment started the second you get onto your campus for the spring semester, I've got bad news for you. It starts a month ago. This planning for that recruitment needs to be happening two weeks ago, four weeks ago. It should have already been done. How are you going to break the mold and prepare yourself for that success? Talking about doing it at a pro level. Absolutely. Nick, you guys have been doing an amazing job in expansion this semester. A lot of great success stories. Can you share a couple for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I'll just give a quick shout out to the hometown, the 314. Shout out to St. Louis University, who is crushing it. So you have University of Alabama, Oklahoma State, University of Wyoming, University of Idaho, University of Delaware, Rutgers University. It's a few of the places that the expansion team has gone to, and we've really seen a lot of success. I will I will talk about University of Alabama and University of Delaware as the two standouts this semester. 
University of Alabama and University of Delaware both started as interest groups, but that is not why they're successful. They're successful because they're talking to everyone on their campus. They're building a brand. They decided what they wanted to be known for. They decided what they wanted their culture to be, and that's how they were able to grow. Those groups are both starting in the low 40s and high 40s. For their first semester, I mean, that is bigger than an alarming amount of, of our groups, and they're doing it right off the bat. The great thing about it is they're looking to continue. They're looking to charter, and that can be replicated easily with our same store growth for the existing chapters that Zach works with, as well as the groups that our regional team works with, and, and that's that's the best part. I want to talk about tactics as well as some of the success that you all have built, things that you've done. But before we do that, it really starts with, with a mindset. And I know that it's, a, it's an area that you both talk about. Let's start with this. What are old notions of thinking that you see in groups, either groups, Zach, that you go in and you're in a role now where you're going and trying to help groups that maybe they haven't recruited anywhere near their capability, or they've barely recruited at all. And so you're trying to just teach them the basic group. What are old notions of thinking are also on with you, Nick? things that you see as you start new groups or you go to places where maybe they tried an expansion or an interest group on their own. It didn't really take off. You're brought in to bring life to this. What are some old notions of thinking you guys are seeing out there? Yeah, I think the traditional recruitment of we start at the end of January, the beginning of February, and we have one week to do it. It's an unofficial recruitment period for some schools, the deferred campuses, that's their main time. And then that's all the recruitment we do. That's not how you're going to experience some of this growth, this natural organic growth. You have to be willing to chase the goal that you set when you set it, make sure that you're achieving that and going beyond that goal even. And the only way to do that is to stay hungry throughout that process, right? Even if we hit our goal in our, our main recruitment week, what are we doing to then continue to develop these men of teach them recruitment early in their experience? Who do they know? Who are the people that they sit across from in class that they don't really have a relationship with, right? It's a new semester, new classmates. Who are the other people that they've interacted with in their previous semester of schooling? Who are those non-traditional students? What are we doing to not just push that recruitment for six, seven days, right? But to push it for six or seven weeks even. Because recruitment isn't the one week that we're focused on it. It's the entire semester. Yeah, you both just gave shout outs to St. Louis University and how they're recruiting week after week after week and adding people. I can only imagine that that garners a lot of momentum, a lot of positive energy. I'm guessing they're having a lot of fun attacking their goals and bringing more and more people into the tent of the fraternity. Absolutely. Yeah, if I could jump in on that with the, the expansion and what we just talked about, right? Mentality, crazy amount of things come down to mentality. I would argue all of them, right? So what do we see that's successful? How can we replicate that? I mean, Zach and I talk about all the time mentality, success, being number one, wanting it for the right reasons. Why do new groups start? Why do groups want to get better? They want to be different. That's that's the story of expansion. That's the story of Teak, why we were founded, right? To be different, be better than the rest. Making sure we don't fall into the same traps of everyone else on campus. That That's that's a big part of the mentality culture. You could start an expansion out on the right way. You can start out with 35, 40 guys, and then, oh, okay, we made it this far. Let's start playing fraternity. Let's start doing the other things. Well, how quickly we forget we started this to be different than other people, and that's the key. If we can keep that mentality both in our existing groups and our new groups, that's how we maintain success because we're always hungry. We're always remembering our beginnings. How can we, as a, an organization, when it comes to recruitment, how can we take the mission of the fraternity, which is to aid men in their mental, moral, and social development for life, 
how can we utilize mission when it comes to recruitment? Yeah, great question. I mean, at the end of the day, why are we recruiting men to become teaks? We believe in this message. Is there a social aspect? Sure. Is there a brotherhood aspect? Sure. But on today's college campuses, when people are looking for a space outside of their phone, outside of social media, recruitment is what's going to separate people. Recruitment, that actual friendship, the, the chapters that we see in colonies that are successful, they're offering something different. They're offering a genuine brotherhood, a genuine connection. I would say time and time again, the thing that, that Zach and I most hear is that Hey, these groups said, yeah, we have the parties. Yeah, we, we mix with the, the sororities or do swaps. But Teak really stood out because it was a different, it was a genuineness and a genuine brotherhood. That is how we are mission driven because what is the best Teak experience? What are we getting out of that? I think that that's a pretty key component. I will say that one of the things that, as we're talking about just the recruitment aspect of it, the retention piece of it, we talk about maybe this is a selling point of aiding men in their mental, moral, social development, but how are we pushing that not just through recruitment, but the retention piece? When we bring these gentlemen in, right, we have that obligation to fulfill the promises that we make, right? We talked about that in the last podcast. And how are we actually fulfilling that, right? And maybe it's we sit down at a retreat and we sit down with those members and hash it out of, okay, this is what the promises are. This is how it delivers on our obligations of mental, moral, social development, and then execute. That's where my mind goes to all of this is because the retention piece is so much more important, honestly, than I think a lot of us tend to think it is. That recruitment is you get them in the door, but the rest of that education period, it's critical. What's, what's filling that in? Yeah. Well, and, and if we say, come in the fraternity, we're going to develop you as a person. We're going to give you all these skills. We're going to have these great relationships. The key is once the, the person signs on the line and says, okay, I, I'm bought in. I want to be part of that. The next piece, we got to have the infrastructure to deliver that. We got to have the ways that we can turn and go back to them after time and say, here are the ways we did what we said we were going to do. And I know that sounds formalized, but at least in your head, you're able to, to look back and smile and say, here's all the ways that we did the things we said we were going to do. That is going to help that retention piece that you're talking about so that if a guy becomes a junior or senior and wants to start to check out from the fraternity, if you're still delivering value and doing good things, he's going to be much less likely to do that and living the mission of for life, which is that last piece, aid men and their mental, moral, and social development for life. So they're going to want to stay engaged through their junior, senior year and then be engaged throughout throughout their lifetime. That's that's the goal after we recruit them, right? Keep them, keep them until the day they enter the chapter eternal. It's system-driven growth. It's system-driven retention. We need to get better about implementing that, about creating that value, creating that system that's going to keep people plugged in for life. So in, in talking about old notions of thinking, one that I have seen throughout my teak life is, well, it's just about the events. Like if we just throw really good events, get some chicken wings, maybe some go-karts, little flag football, right? Just the, It's just about the events. We throw some good events, guys will come, we'll get initiates. What do you say to that? I think that's a misaligned expectation, right? It's not about the events, it's about the people, right? We talk about when I'm on the road, and I know when Nick's People on the road, join people. People do join people. They don't care about one. the letters necessarily on your chest. Or that stuff is important to some, but it's literally all Greek to them when they see those letters. It's about the person behind those letters. And what are you doing to establish a relationship and form a friendship with that person across the table from you or across the quad from you? How are you starting that conversation? And what are you doing to expand upon that potential friendship there? 
Yeah, I mean, that's the most frequent question I think Zach and I get asked when we talk about recruitment at RLCs, Conclave, forums, what have you. What events are you all doing on the expansion and growth trail? I think people are pretty surprised when we pretty quickly shout that down. We don't do those things, right? It's You are creating and your it, own and narrative. It, and you're not doing that out of arrogance to no. shoot those down. It's out of what's the most yeah. effective, right? I'd rather spend my dues money going to a social or, or creating infrastructure and brotherhood events not spending it on people who may or may not join. How or they're going to join either way without you having right. to invest all this money into some of these events and spend all this time and make it very intricate when they want to join because they think you're a good person or you're going to help make them a better person. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a one-on-one sit down and, and telling a genuine story. People buy into a vision. Yeah, it's that product. That's what they care about. How important do you two see innovation and can you share stories or talk about how your brain operates when it comes to continually trying to push the envelope, continually trying to formulate new ways that you can get folks interested in the fraternity or new ways that our groups could get men interested in the fraternity? Yeah, I can I can talk a little bit about this on, on expansion, right? So you're going to a new campus, cold start, five, ten men interested, whatever it may be. You're looking to find out what is that area on campus that's missing? Is there a big philanthropic part, but there's no real brotherhood or anything on campus? Is, is there no real mission? People are just going through the motions, retention rates are poor. What's that thing that T can provide that we're missing? You have to analyze where you're starting at. What's the starting point? And then you need to create a vision. What's working? Sometimes you talk to people and, and that message doesn't stick. It's not that we're not talking about Teague. We're talking about different angles of Teague. And you need to sell the whole product, the whole picture, and create a vision that people want to be a part of because people want to join people. People want an experience. People don't want to be alone on college campuses. Most people go onto a college campus not knowing anyone, not knowing people from their hometown. It's a different experience from high school. Some people aren't prepared and are drastically overwhelmed. Well, guess what? That's where fraternity comes in. There's such value in just getting lunch, talking. You don't have to ask what sports they played in high school. You don't have to ask where they're from, what their major is. How are you doing? How's the first two weeks going? Anything surprise you? Anything shock you? Bet it's different than the movies, huh? Little conversations like that going a long way to building what you want and having a genuine connection to build a bigger, better vision. Yeah, and I think any of the growth groups that are listening have have been told this question, this ask for people when you start a conversation. Whenever I'm on a campus and I see someone across the quad and I'm helping these guys generate names for themselves to talk to as they go through recruitment, it's always, what do you want to accomplish in the next two to three years while you're in college? And it's a question that they probably haven't been asked since maybe they were thinking about the which college they're going to go to, right? Talking to their guidance counselor, talking to their parents. And it's much more thought provoking than where are you from? What sports did you play, right? You can find out these questions by asking one targeted question. And I think that's what we have to get better at is what are the questions that we're asking? Absolutely. And you guys have touched around it, but I want to go directly toward it is mindset and goals, because especially where you are, Zach, you go into you go into situations where guys have preset for years what the goal should be, what success looks like, and and you have to walk in and essentially try to recreate the slate of what acceptable is mm-hmm. and even what excellence is. Talk about what are tactics that you use, and, and Nick, after that, I'll let you talk about some of the same things or different things you might do when it comes to, to new groups or even some of the groups that you've gone and, and tried to throw a little growth into as well, existing groups. One of the things I'm a strong proponent for, and Nick will back this up from the expansion standpoint, is 
going to sororities, go directly to the people, especially if you're a deferred campus. We're talking spring recruitment. These sororities, if they're doing their recruitment before you, these new members that have joined are a prime resource for all of us to be approaching of who do you think fits into that gentleman, that ideal fraternity man, right? How are we going to redefine what it means to be a fraternity? Ask those people. They know who the leaders are in their own classes. They know who their really close friends are. They want those people to be a part of fraternity life. Uh, so that way they can hang out together. That way they can spend even more time together, form even more friendships and relationships. How are you setting yourself up to go and present in front of these organizations? It develops not only a social tie, but then a recruitment pipeline in itself. And we have to get out of our own way and think of these things as pipelines. How can we go to the fraternity and sorority life office and go about this in a professional way that we can get through the excuses of, oh, no one does this, or we think that the fraternity and sorority life office is going to shoot this down. You haven't even asked because I am going to tell you right now, most other fraternities, unless they're a headquarters staff person, are not taking advantage of these resources. Yeah, I'm going to pivot to an overused strategy, a slogan in the fraternity, right? Recruitment is like warfare. But I think when we say that, people think fighting, guns, you know, trenches, things like that. And, and you can go down that path, but strategy is what I'm going to go with, right? Assessing the mentality of where is a group at, right? That Zach does this a lot on growth. I do it on expansion. Where is a group at? What are our weak points? If you're, you know, it's you're heading into maybe a, a Teaksgiving situation, and, oh, okay, guys, spring recruitment's coming up. Where are our weak points? Unless you're perfect in every category, and I would say no one is perfect, right? No chapter, colony, human being, especially as Teeks, as we continually strive to be better. That's one of our callings, right? That expectation of excellence. Where are, where are our weak points, and how can we assess that? Okay, now that we have a, a strategy and a direction, let's gather intel. Let's be CIA operatives, right? Let's, let's go about this and say, let's just meet a bunch of different people on campus. We don't think they're going to join, but let's go to every aspect of campus, turn over every area. There's nothing that's out of bounds, right? Go find the people and just have conversations so you can have a 500-person list, and then you can make your cuts. You know, you can, you can decide that, who connects with the Brotherhood well, who do we need, who do we maybe not need more of. That's, that's something we don't want to talk about, right? We don't maybe don't need more of this type of person. We're all set on that. But assessing those needs and then then going out and targeting strategic targeting it's a science it's it's not some willy-nilly we're going to fly by the seat of our pants situation if you're doing that you're losing and you probably already lost in many regards i love the intel piece i think especially when it comes to current groups that exist that are listening to this you want to talk about some fun intel something that i know other staffers have done and I'm sure, Zach, you've even done at times in some of your travels, if it's going and talking to sororities or going to talk to other folks on campus, great thing to do is go in the middle of campus and find somebody who doesn't know you're a teak and say, hey, what do you think about the teaks? And see what their answer and what their response is and whether you're proud of that. It's a great it's a great opportunity just to check yourself and see if it's where you want to be. I know there are times in my travels I've run in groups that say, well, we don't care. Well, that's a red flag to me. Why, why wouldn't you care? Why wouldn't you want to put out a great product or put out great people that you feel good about? Go ask anybody you want. They're going to tell you, yeah, those are good guys. They're trying to do good things, right? They're, every once in a while, there are some folks that don't truly understand us. But as a whole, if you go talk to five or 10 people on campus, there should be an overarching theme, which is these are good guys trying to do great things for the campus and for themselves. So another piece of intel that you can get to push yourself to be better, or at least check yourself on where you're at. One other area I want to go to on this, and, and that's tactics. You both 
are disciples of Fired Up, an organization that we've partnered with, and, and you both have invested a lot of your time and, and your craft to, to being better and learning some of their tactics. Can you share some of those or even things that you've picked up through just to Nick's word, Intel, things you've studied and honed in on? So that bit about the sororities, that comes directly from Fired Up's training of our staff. And then that question of what are you looking to accomplish, that comes directly from Woody at Fired Up. And both of those, again, are major areas that a lot of our groups are not utilizing because it's just not taught to them. It wasn't taught to us until we started working directly with Fired Up. And I guess diving in a little bit more on what that sorority presentation looks like, right? It's sitting down, identifying the brand of your organization, right? Doing some of that intel gathering with other students on campus. What do people think of us now? Where do we want to go in the next six to nine months, 12 months? And then identifying the types of people we want to bring into the organization. What types of leaders are we looking for? Are we looking for young people to jump right in because we're a small group, because we need that leadership? Are we a larger group that's trying to identify our identity of student government leadership or other organizational leadership, student athletes? What does that look like for us? And we need to sit down and hash that out before we even go into there. Again, that intel gathering about ourselves. And then going before the sororities and, and, and selling this, right? They're not going to want to send you their friends and these people that they consider to be very close to them on their campus if they don't believe you guys when you're going on campus and, and saying, this is who we are, this is what we want to be, these are the types of people we need. If you can't represent that and you can't align it yourselves because the goal should be for your brand to be on one end, the types of guys you're looking for on the other, and then for them to meet together and converge. Yeah, I think my angle on that is going to start before, and it's going to start at the practice level. Be a student of the game, right? If you want to be excellent at recruitment and recruit the best guys on campus, one of the things that, that we've learned a lot over the past three years and that we've talked about the fired up in terms of tactics, you need to practice recruitment. Zach and I did not get where we, where we were with recruitment and our level of being comfortable going up to strangers, talking to people, asking sometimes you know, what can be awkward questions and, and a deep question. As an 18-year-old freshman, I'm not sure I knew what I wanted out of my college experience, right? That's a tough question to ask. But practicing it with your chapter members, with your family members, with, with friends back home over the holidays, just get better at asking questions. I mean, Zach and I talk about all kinds of podcasts. We'll text back and forth and shoot each other recommendations. Donnie, I know you you are big on podcasts and I'm sure we can we can flip some some recommendations here at the end or something or, or in the notes. But doing that, being a student of the game, always getting better, practicing those tactics, that's the biggest thing to me because if you go and say our brand's going to carry us or this one recruitment chair, he's a stud this year, we elected him, he's a new guy, he knows what he's talking about, you think it's going to save you? It's not. You, you need to practice, you need to get better, you need to have a 100-man army or a 60-man army or a 20-man army to go out and conquer campus. And I think coming back to our spring emphasis, right? Founders Day is coming up. What better opportunity to practice question asking than with the alumni from your chapter, from the area that you're in, whatever it may be, you can tailor these questions to fit any age group, right? You can say, what, when you were a freshman, what did you want to accomplish? What were those goals? You can have some fun with it. Just get out of your comfort zone because you most likely don't know these alums. And so utilizing that experience of, starting a conversation with someone you don't know, train yourself up so that way in two weeks or three weeks when you come back to campus, you are that much more prepared. Yeah, the skill of asking a question, it's like a muscle, right? You got to you gotta consistently do it to get good at it, to get comfortable with it, where it doesn't feel awkward to walk up to someone you don't know and ask them the type of question that, that Nick was sharing, which is a heavy question. What do you want to get out of your collegiate experience? Where to an alumnus, maybe it's, 
what was your favorite Teak memory? Why are you still engaged with the fraternity? Why are you here? Why are you here tonight? Why did you want to come back and be involved at a Founders Day event, right? And that could lead to a conversation down the road with that person that might land you an internship. It might land you, or might just land you a mentor or a friend, or at least a great story that you can share with somebody else down the road of why they should join the fraternity because you met this alumnus who was seventy years old and still coming back to Founders Day events. You just you never know what gold is there if you don't ask the question. And appreciate both of you touching on that. I do want to give you both a chance to illuminate for our listeners what fires you up about recruitment and why you have dedicated your professional life and made a lot of sacrifices to to do this for a living. The energy comes through the microphone. I know sitting here by I can see it, but I know it also comes through the microphone. So why do you do it? Me personally, I do it because nothing beats sharing an experience that you may have enjoyed so much with someone else that you have really nothing else in common with, right, except for that fraternal bond, especially on our end when it comes to expansion and growth of bringing new gentlemen into the organization and getting to see how they develop. I was very fortunate to, we mentioned on the last podcast of Auburn. I got to sit down with a gentleman who I had recruited when Tim O'Neill and I were on campus, and he had been a part of the group, took a semester or two off, and had just gotten reactivated again this semester. And sitting down and having lunch with him and hearing how thankful he was for that experience, I didn't do it for myself, right? I I don't do this job to be thanked and to be applauded or anything like that. I do it so that way these guys can grow. And seeing that in themselves when they're getting ready to graduate three years later is probably one of the most rewarding experiences. And again, it's something that you can't sell even when you're telling people to apply for staff or even think about joining staff. It's just so natural, and again, it's I can't even really describe it. It's so pure, and you have to be there to experience it. That's the same experience you get when you're a recruitment chairman or even just a brother who is trying to get this other guy that he met in freshman orientation or on the move-in team or squad. That sell and then getting to watch them evolve over the next year, two years, three years, there's nothing more rewarding than watching another individual grow and help you grow along the way. Yeah, I mean, there's, ignore the pun, but there's a rush that you get from it. So not to get too deep here, but the the passion and excitement, right? Recruitment is about shared experiences. If you look online, if you look in today's world, people don't see each other. They don't have communication. We don't talk, right? Recruitment is the most human thing that happens on a college campus. It's about sharing a common experience. It's about wanting to be closer with fellow human beings. It's, It's selling this experience that you know fundamentally shaped you in ways that you either realize now or will realize in four, five, 20, 40 years, that is an incredible thing. Think of how compelling it is. If, if one experience didn't happen, if you didn't ask this guy to join, how would his life be different? Would Where would he be at? Those things are, are things that Zach and I encounter every day, that we all encounter every day. Being antique, recruiting, how are people's lives different? Recruiting is fundamentally changing someone's life the act of recruitment is just selling them and, and showing them, keeping those promises we talked about earlier of upholding your end of the bargain. But recruitment is saying, hey, this, this happened to me. It could happen to you. I know it will happen to you because this is such a powerful message. And, and Zach and I are privileged enough to do that every day and everyone on the professional staff and all of our frauders out there, that's that's what we get to do. How cool is that? Don't think of it as 
I need to go to five recruitment events out of the eight so I can vote on on the newest pledge class, right? That's a terrible way to look at it or, or get my, my fill of the free chicken wings, right, to, to call back there. But it is about people joining people, human beings joining other human beings and having a genuine, deep experience that, that does last a lifetime. Yeah, and I, I think it gets back to that mission part that you mentioned earlier, that social, moral, mental development for life fulfilling that promise to each and every man that comes through the door, that's, I think, what, what really gets after it in my mind. Well, as our, our men listen to this and, and get fired up about spring recruitment and what they can go accomplish, what's a final message that each of you have or anything that you want to champion that we've not touched upon for, for those folks that are listening or even our alumni who are plugged in here, even messages they could share with some of our collegiate members or anyone they engage with? Think about the fraternity. It's the holidays, right? It, it is a, a great time to think about fond memories, people you care about, just things that have shaped you. If you're a collegiate, think about who needs to be a part of this experience on campus. Things are winding down, right? There's not a whole lot of socials going on anymore. Maybe a few brotherhood events, but for the most part, it's exam, it's study, it's grind time, and those things are important. But start building your list. Start building those people who you want to share this brotherhood with because if you're waiting until January, and I'm sure Zach's going to riff on this a little bit, it's too late. So think about that. If you're an alumni, think about who you're getting together with, who you're who you're reliving those memories with. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about expansion, right? Is your chapter open right now? Is it is it dormant? How can we get in contact? How can we move forward to to bring chapters back to to grow teak nation once again and rebuild this great fraternity so more people are getting in on those memories in on that experience are sharing the story because the more we grow the more we're living up to our mission of helping people yeah and, and nick nick beat me to it of the uh, he knew i was going to talking about if you're waiting till the january february time frame it's too late what can you be doing now to solidify your place and that PNM's that potential new member's mind, right? You might not be able to give them a bid now, but you can plant those seeds and you should have been this entire semester, right? What ways can you continue to get them involved as we close out the semester? But more importantly, who do they know that you can start working on now, right? How can you continue to build those relationships through the winter break? Do they live in the same hometown as you? Are there certain things maybe that you're studying in winter term together? What are the opportunities that present themselves to you to take advantage of so that way you're not just sitting around eating cookies and drinking milk around the campfire during Christmas time, right? It's a good time for holiday. It's a good time for family, but it's an even better time for fraternity. Well, Nick and Zach, I want to thank you in our first multi-person podcast. I think it's been a great benefit to the organization. As you all know, we love talking about recruitment, so we will continue to have you on the podcast, continue to jam out about recruitment, get guys fired up about it because Nick said it, it is that human connection, that opportunity to bring more people into our family, that opportunity to get more people advancing the mission of the organization and making a big impact on their campus and in their community. And if there are people we see who are doing that already, we want to grab them. <laughs> we want to get them fired up and excited about what the fraternity's done for us and what it can do for them and be living examples of, of the values of our organization. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining us on this podcast and really excited to see what Teak Nation is going to take out of this and what we're going to accomplish in spring recruitment. Appreciate you having us on. It's the big three, right? We're talking recruitment. We're riffing on recruitment. Zach and I are going to go upstairs and probably talk about recruitment some more. So thank you all. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Can't wait for the next one. Let's go get it, Teak Nation. Yeah.